You're listening to the Course Creation Bites podcast, bite-sized lessons for busy business owners creating, launching, and selling their own course. Each week, you'll get short, practical lessons that focus on one part of your online course creation journey and an easy action step to go away and implement. Here's your host, Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food. Let's get started. Let's talk all things flexible. Hi, I'm Sam Winch, the course creator, not the lunchtime food, and I'm not talking about touching your toes because it's been a big couple of weeks. My leg muscles are super tight and I'm not sure I could right now, but I am talking about flexibility in terms of course content and course material and the way that we do things. And part of the reason that I want to talk about this is a build on from episode 3.17, where we talked about what a course is and how there isn't a right or wrong. And this is a build on from that because courses are flexible. And courses, great courses, should be flexible. The thing I think a lot of people think is that they'll build a course and they'll throw it online and it'll make passive income and it's finished forever. But the truth of the matter is that a great course changes often. The wonderful thing about courses is that once you run them, you can see what worked and what didn't. You can see where students got stuck. You can see where you had lots of questions. You can see which video people didn't watch all the way to the end or had to go back and watch several times. You can see the questions that came up in your group where people were asking about the same kind of thing time and time again. You can see what worked and what didn't. And you can make changes. And not only can you make changes, you should make changes. Great courses should change often because it's an ever learning process. Even as a course creator, the thing I make the first time isn't perfect because I strongly believe that there is no such thing when it comes to course creation. There isn't a perfect. I don't know that it exists. We do build from best practice. We build the thing that we think is the best option for our students at the time, given our current knowledge and our current setup and whatever that might be. And then we run a live round. And that live round gives us an incredible amount of feedback that we can take on board and use to make even better choices. We can re-record videos to make them easier to understand. We can add additional worksheets where people didn't understand a concept. We can remove content where there was too much of it and it overwhelmed people. I think people forget about this step. When we talk about being flexible with course content, people think that that means they need to re-record videos that currently existed or add more stuff in. But sometimes being flexible about your course content means taking things out. It means recognizing where something was probably too much, too overwhelming, and could be pulled into bonus material or put into another course or just removed completely. Taking out things is just as important as putting things in. But the other way we can be flexible is with our course delivery. Maybe you ran it as a live round and now you're going to run it as a self-paced evergreen model. Maybe you made sure it was drip fed over a series of weeks, but now you're going to turn it into progressive so they can push through at their own speed. Maybe you don't even want it to be progressive anymore, but you saw that some people came in and already knew what they wanted and you're going to open it up so people can pick and choose which order they study in. Delivery flexibility is a really important part of making sure your students get what they need at the right time. And that might mean locking things down if you had it open to progressive learning, maybe trying a live round where they have to move forward together progressively at the same time. The other thing that I want you to be super flexible about is your support methods. 
The thing about support is that often I see people doing the thing they think they should be doing. In fact, it's a pretty common story with courses in general, right? We think we should have video. We think we should have big launches. We think we should drip feed over. Like this should, should, should can ruin courses. And that's a really big claim, but I feel like we're making these shoulds because we think we have to, but the truth of the matter is that doesn't make for a great course. Doing the thing you think you have to do doesn't make the course right for you and your students. But I digress. Part of the flexibility that I want you to consider is your support methods. Having a Facebook group as a support functionality as part of a course is really commonplace at the moment, but I'm seeing more and more people move away from using Facebook as a social media platform. So is Facebook the right place for your students? A client of mine uses a LinkedIn group to support her students because it suits her target market. It's a platform they're already familiar with. And if they're coming in as a corporate sponsored role, it's a platform that their company is happy with them using during work time. That choice fitted her and her students. If Facebook isn't the right support mechanism for you and your audience that's not a problem but it just means we have to look for other methods instead perhaps it's a whatsapp chat feed perhaps it's slack perhaps it's embedding something like circle into a platform there are other ways that we can support students outside of a facebook group same comes to them for running live calls you might feel like you have to have live group q a's or live group coaching calls but the truth of the matter is you don't have to have anything Perhaps you decide to offer less calls, but offer some one-on-one spots. Perhaps you decide to offer Q&A, but one direction. You jump on Facebook and you answer questions they've submitted in advance. Perhaps you decide to open up a big Zoom session and just have an open jam where everyone can have a chat and see what happens. There aren't rights and wrongs to this. Instead, I want you to really think about what suits you and your audience best. When it comes to support, especially looking at what worked last time and what wasn't really used. Maybe the Facebook group was really quiet and you felt like you were the only one ever doing any talking. Now, you might have a lot of people who are just observing from the background and that's okay too. So it's worth asking the students if they found any value in it. Getting great feedback at the end of a course is really important for being flexible and making changes to your next program. And I'm not just talking about testimonials here. Testimonials are great and valuable and you should definitely collect those too. They tell you the good stuff. But feedback we're looking for is should be rounded. It should have criticisms as well. It should have constructive points you can work on. Testimonials make you feel awesome because they tell you how great your course was and what results they got. And that is a good thing, right? We use them for all sorts of social media and sales pages and to make ourselves feel better. Having a folder on my computer full of testimonials is my happy place when I've had a bad day. But it doesn't make our course any better if we're only receiving the good feedback. It lulls us into a false sense of security in thinking that our course is perfect. And I've yet to ever find anything, and this includes my own programs, I'm yet to find a program that is perfect. I just don't think it exists. We learn so much from every live round we run, just from our observations, firstly, but by getting good, robust feedback from students. And that includes things like, where do they wish things were different? What else do they wish was included? What did they not, were they not bothered? about what could be removed asking those sorts of questions off the back of a course really helps just you understand what worked and what didn't it's part of how to create a course program that i run we have a whole segment on review and part of that review is internal it's a review you do on your program but part of that review is external and it's asking students for really robust feedback and i provide templates and suggestions for questions that i think you could ask because i think that 360 degree feedback is a vital part of making a better program so your action step because you cannot build a course by listening to me talk about review cycles it's not very exciting i must admit But your action step for today is to make sure that you get great feedback. 
If you have recently run a live round or you've got a course that is running, please reach out to current students or to past students and ask for feedback. I'm not just talking about testimonials here, but ask questions about how the course ran. How did they use all of the support mechanisms available? Was there too much content? Was there too little content? What did they like the most? What did they like the least? All these sorts of questions and get really robust feedback. If you don't have a live round running at the moment or you haven't launched your course yet, build the mechanism in. Think about when you get to the end of the course or when it does launch, how are you going to ask for that feedback and what feedback do you want from your students? Because it will make a way better course in the future if you can be flexible about your content, your delivery and your support. Okay, it's time for all of those podcasty bits. If you've loved this episode, share it with your friends or just tell random people about it. Stop them in the street. Okay, don't stop them in the street, but please do share it with your friends, especially if you think they will find it helpful. Make sure that you have subscribed so that you get access to all of the future episodes and better still, leave a review. Podcast reviews are like gold. So I would really appreciate it if you took a couple of moments and leave a review with your thoughts and takeaways from this podcast episode. Lastly, why not come over and join my free Facebook group? Simply search Content Into Courses inside Facebook. There's some good interaction that happens on over there. I'm in and out on a regular basis to answer all of your questions and to give some live tips and tricks. And you get to learn from other course creators about all the things you can do to grow your course and your audience. That's it for this time. But as always, I will catch you next time. Mm -hmm.